Are you ready? It's time. It's time to let go and use your voice. It's time to be real and it's time to heal. I'm Tiff Carson and this is Hard Beautiful Journey. Hey there, welcome to episode 83. I'm so happy you are here for this special episode. Why is it so special? Well, my beautiful mama is here and I have wanted her on my podcast in some way for a long time and now it just seemed right. Our family has a deep, deep loss with Corey passing away from a fentanyl overdose But our family also has a lot of love and hope that our story can help others in some way. Will there be crying on this episode? Yeah, of course there will be. My mom is sharing her experience losing her son to addiction. But there is also a lot of laughter because there truly is hard and beautiful parts in all of our journeys. This episode is no exception. So let's get to it. This is my episode with my mama. Hello, mama. How are you doing today? I'm good, Tiffany. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited that you are on my podcast. I'm so excited to be here. But you're pooping your pants. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) We're sitting in Tiffany's podcast room. And it is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it took a little convincing to get you in this room. Uh, at The first time I asked you, you said, oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. Something like yes. that, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> oh, it, we're doing an audio podcast only because my mom didn't want to be on video. And that's totally cool. Not everybody wants to be on video, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... <laughs> You're not in your nighty. <laughs> so today I wanted to bring my mom on the podcast because, well, first of all, she's my mama. And second of all, because she's got a lot of insight into a lot of the things that I talk about on my podcast, mainly around trauma, addictions, grief. And so I, I wanted to get your thoughts and your opinions on certain things that I wrote in the book. Uh, my book is called Dancing in the Rain. And you and I have talked countless hours about what is in the book. And you've supported me the whole way through writing the book. But I would like my listeners to hear your perspective on certain things that I wrote because you are obviously a big part of my book. And so, yeah, you want to do that? Sure. Sounds good. Um, I'll probably be crying, but I can get through it. (laughs) Yes. And hello, I got my crying from you. (laughs) We are criers and that's totally okay. So I think where we should start is at the beginning. Sure. With at the beginning of the book, I talk about my brother and I uh, and his downward slide, right? But then I jumped into him and I as kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. The first question I have for you, though, because inquiring minds are definitely wanting to know if you've read my book, did you know we were on the slide? Did we know? Did you? Did I know you? We were on the slide. No. Did you know that Corey and I were on the slide when we shouldn't be? Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Yes. <laughs> I did. So because I used to be on that slide as well as uh, a kid. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, really. And and your dad as well, I believe, because yeah, he said, oh yeah, countless hours on the slides. So when you were giving us heck to not be on the slides, deep down you're like, oh yeah, but we did too. So. Oh yeah, and so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> so we were being sneaky for nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because you would have probably kicked us off of there, but yeah, but I didn't know. So, <laughs> but you said you just you just said you <laughs> well, knew. I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, you really. were pretending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
you were looking away. I didn't want to spoil your fun. You That's know? so sweet. So you had just as much fun as Corey and I? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots of lots of sliding down that slide. Yep. Oh, it was awesome. And there was one on the other school as well. I don't know if you and Corey had found that one, but I wasn't going to tell you about it. <laughs> We did find that one, but I know they removed that one, yes, right? they did. Yes, yeah. And then they tore down that school mm-hmm. that we were using the slide on. Yes. <coughs> Jerks. Yes. Yeah. That was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you did know that we... <laughs> Damn it. We thought we were being pretty... <laughs> pretty sneaky. Well, I didn't actually see you, but I thought, I bet you they're over on the slide, because I knew that that's what we did. So you didn't believe me that we were on the merry-go-round? Well, I believe you probably went on there occasionally, but it wasn't that great. Well, no, it was actually a pretty good merry-go-round. It merry-go-round. was. It yeah. was a pretty good one, too, mm-hmm. but no. Yeah. The slide was it for us. All right, so next question, and this one is a bit more serious than the slide, but how was it as a young mom parenting two little kids quite often alone? Uh, <clears throat> well, it was uh, difficult, yeah. Can't say that it wasn't, but I tried to look at it as whenever I could was uh, that we also needed to have food on the table Mm -hmm. and at that time I wasn't working so your dad at that time was a musician and that's how he did it and so I tried to be uh, I wasn't understanding on that part Mm -hmm. uh, but it was still difficult right just Mm -hmm. um, uh, well and difficult for you kids too because it was always you were always hearing wait till your dad gets home and your well, he will deal with you. Like, mm-hmm. What a thing for your dad to have to come home to. <laughs> yep, but now being a mom, I get it. Oh my gosh, I get it. Especially being home alone with us for a week at a time. Or now I'm a single parent, and so I have them every other week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> wait till you go back with your dad. <laughs> god I get it so don't ever think that that was something that uh was harmful for us that's for sure I didn't take it that way I was just excited for him to get home and jump in the bed and see him there and Mm -hmm. so it never that didn't impact me that way okay next question that I really wanted you to talk about on this podcast is the raw raw rasputin oh it was extreme right oh yes it was extreme well just the song alone is extreme because it's how long is it five minutes and uh, i can't remember over five minutes yes Mm -hmm. and we heard it everywhere in our house because it was a small house Mm -hmm. and he played it over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he loved it, and I get it. I, and what well, we all love the, love music, but it was just too much. <laughs> <laughs> it was t- oh my goodness! He just kept going and going, and then yeah, you were just like, "No, you're done." And he's no, uh uh-uh. uh. I am hot. So what did he do? He hauled his little suitcase? Well, it was a big suitcase. And I mean, he wasn't very old at that time. He was like, well, just in school, like five. Yeah. Yeah. So when it was a big suitcase, he filled it right up, emptied his closets. And yep, he's going down to grandpa and grandma's. He's going to see if grandma will let him play it there. And so then I can still see him. He was dragging the big suitcase down the alley because they were just down the alley. just so cute I wished I would have got a picture I'm not sure why I didn't uh, it just wasn't something you guys yeah, did yeah not a lot of no but but uh yeah and so then I called grandma Carson and uh said well Corey's on his way down with his suitcase because he wants to play this song at your house and uh so she was prepared <laughs> yeah. yeah she was like um no He's not playing it here either. That's what, when he got in and he just, I could just see Corey being deflated. Oh. <laughs> All that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
now I gotta drag it back. <laughs> I could just see him too. Because, well, it was a short distance mm-hmm. to grandma's, but not a short distance when you're five. Back in a big suitcase. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he even put in his, like you said, his church shirt. And he was prepared because he would be going to church. <laughs> I'm going to listen to my song, but I'm also going to go to church. (laughs) And he took his ball glove. Oh, yeah. 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 So he came home and... And uh, he just was very upset. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's say it. He was pissed. Yeah, he was. He was very pissed. And and so he just put his suitcase in the room and he was out. He was focusing already on his hockey stick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I said... You have to empty it. Yeah. <laughs> but he did go out and play hockey. He didn't empty it right then. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Get going. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> so funny. So, our love of music, like I say in the book, is no accident because my dad is a incredible musician. So, we were around music right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we had our very own stage, built in stage in one of our houses. Mm hmm. That how helps. many how many lip syncs do you think we did? Oh, quite a few. And I mean, we actually finished that basement um, with my mom and dad and uh, built the stage. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we knew you would want to be up there. Oh, oh a yeah. lot. Let's see. I don't know. Because then you'd have you and Corey and then uh, some um, friends. Tara and Rochelle would come over. Um, I I do remember that one picture we do have with them doing Mm -hmm. our lip syncs. We would, oh yeah, but Mm -hmm. our favorite one for sure was Men at Work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like those were at the top for sure. Yeah, and actually your dad, uh, they would set up on that stage as well and that was where they would practice too. Mm -hmm. So they had their equipment there too. So it was cool. And I do believe that's where I started getting my love for drumming mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah definitely was <laughs> oh so, <laughs> so what are you, what are you saying exactly was it good or not good oh well at that time probably not so good but <laughs> i look at it now and like oh that was so cute it so was. awesome it was awesome that's where i definitely picked up my love of drumming which reminds me i'm going to get back to that this year and mm-hmm. get back on my drum kit because it's awesome okay so how uh now being a hockey mom i don't find myself at the rink near as early as you dragged my sorry ass to the rink he had practices at 6 a.m., right? Some mornings, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, some mornings. It's early. Early? Yeah, yeah. Now it's luxury yeah. for us. Yes. So, but because dad was away a lot, mm-hmm. you had to drag me there. And then when Denise came along, mm-hmm. it was me and Denise. Yeah. But we always got our hot chocolate. Yeah. Always mm-hmm. got our hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we listened and actually behaved. So... How was it seeing Corey do something that he loved so much? It was wonderful. It was awesome. And he had a passion for it, right? It wasn't like that he didn't seem like he was um, upset to get up that early. And mm-hmm. no, he, he loved hockey. So he, yeah, he would get up and get ready. And mm-hmm. yeah, the same as your Dilly mm-hmm. now, right? He just loves it. He lived and lived and breathed it. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was good for Corey. Yeah. yeah. And he, I wasn't exaggerating in my book. Like, he was crazy good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very good. He was a good hockey player. Just a fast skater and, and uh, like, the shots. His shots were amazing. And Yeah. Like, I, like you mentioned that he had scored, like, three goals or was it four goals? No, it was eight in that one game. Oh, goodness. That's my memory. <laughs> it was that tournament in Medicine Hat. Yes. Yeah, and the, the one I was thinking of was in Shawnee. Oh yeah, and, and I think it was four then, and just felt that he should have got the MVP, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't. And so me and Dad got his got him his own little trophy that oh uh, that we got his name engraved in on because he was he was quite upset over that. Yeah, one. he was such a good hockey player, mm-hmm. loved it so much, and he uh, it his love for hockey never stopped. 
but his passion ended up being in football Ooh, eventually yes. as he grew older. But he still liked to watch his Oilers. And oh, yeah. let me just put this in here now because we're recording it. The morning after the 13th win in a row for the Oilers. What the heck? He's probably crying oh, up there, hey? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He would be like, yeah, cheering away. Losing yeah. his mind over that. Go oil. Go oil and at the top of his lungs. Okay, so let's get into a little bit heavier topic here. So he was playing hockey. He was doing really good. And then there was stuff going on. Let's be clear about that. He wasn't uh, an angel no, in any way before he started getting into trouble and mm-hmm. and things started to happen. I want to make that clear, right? Mm-hmm. Like There were things going on, yeah. There were things going on, but it became very obvious that there was something deeper going on with him mm-hmm. when he started running away. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I'll go into the uh, reading comprehension because I think that's a big part of lots of times why kids get lost and we never picked that up like when he was in grade seven that was just before he was going up to the high school for grade eight because they'd moved the grade eights up to the high school which at that time we didn't feel was a good move or a good thing at that time because um they were very young going into the high school but anyway we just found out about Corey's reading comprehension uh, in uh, grade seven before he moved up to high school and we didn't catch it because he was such a good reader, mm-hmm. but he just wasn't understanding what he was reading. Mm-hmm. And that can carry on to all your subjects, right? And, yep. and uh, so just even that, and then moving such a big change with older children, and I don't think he was ready for it. And then things started to uh, fall apart then for him in the, at a grade eight mm-hmm. level. I think he'd started smoking at that time and uh, then he was put out because of of sniffing they figured he was they were not just him him and others were sniffing gas and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. um yeah so mm-hmm. just and then uh out breaking light bulbs christmas light bulbs and stuff like that but it's hard to remember if that happened you know what the timelines are mm-hmm. exactly but mm-hmm. but yeah just different mm-hmm. mischief right mm-hmm. yeah that it was hard to really pinpoint when it started right. and mm-hmm. um, but some of it had had started yeah yeah <clears throat> before yeah. Mm-hmm. um what happened at the farm right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah cuz i remember and again i don't remember the timeline on that one in particular but i remember <laughs> going oh i was such a little shit um, I fo- was following him mm-hmm. to that park in the middle of uh, Shonovan, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. that park is called. Yeah. yeah. And then there was that little building and mm-hmm. I I rode my bike and I followed him there with his buddies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's up to something. <laughs> and sure enough, he was in there smoking. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> What's my brother doing? Oh, yeah. I Well, first of all, I was like, what are you doing? And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're in trouble. Because I was that sister at that time. We got along really well, but I was just like, you're not supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. Well, you were looking after him. I, you could say I was looking after him. (laughs) But he got in big trouble because I went home and tattled on him. And he got in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not very nice of me. But then I got payback when Denise got a little bit older and she was always telling on me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. karma, people. She was. Karma. <laughs> so, let's talk about the first time Corey got in big trouble. Well, there was a break in in mm-hmm. Shonovan, right? That happened with another one of his friends. But now I don't know if if that happened before the the some of the trauma because it's just hard to. But the big one would have been when he. Um, like you'd said in your book where he wasn't listening to his dad or me um, and I wasn't there at the time because we were gone you and me mm-hmm. and Denise were gone to BC and dad had, was playing in Shonovan he specifically asked Corey not to go anywhere mm-hmm. 
and he did. Mm -hmm. uh, he went to rode his bike into Dollard, and because he had a friend there that they were involved in kind of the same activities. And I'm sure there was drinking going on, and but that wasn't something that would have come, shouldn't have come as a shock, mm -hmm. uh, because you grew up in it, right? Mm -hmm. So then he came home and he said that the lights were off, and so he thought dad wasn't home. Mm -hmm. um, he thought maybe he was still playing, but he was waiting mm -hmm. in, in the kitchen mm -hmm. and was very angry mm -hmm. and that's when he started to to beat on Corey mm -hmm. but this would be a repeat from his childhood mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, because as soon as Corey told me that he was sitting in the dark waiting for him I knew that it was just a re it was just it that's how it was dealt he was dealt with when mm -hmm. he was um, that's their mo that's the mo right yeah. His, or that seemed to be the way it went was uh, physical Mm -hmm. He said he uh, was hurt pretty bad, that he hit to the point where he had to crawl up the steps, is what Corey told me. And then the next morning when he came down, that's when Dad said about just leave and mm -hmm. I'll give you money and mm -hmm. just to leave. Mm -hmm. And and that I knew happened as well uh, because it was that was when him and the friend from Dollard uh, ran away mm -hmm. um, and I knew they had how did I know they had well they, they just didn't come home mm -hmm. and um, and then I thought well I think I have to get the police to go out and look for him and they did they were in between Shaunavan and Gullick um, hitchhiking mm -hmm. and then they brought him back so was it like now being a mom <laughs> of three kids and one of them being a teenager that is trying. How did you come to the decision of moving Corey to a group home in Swift Current and trying school there? Mm -hmm. um, well, that was after, I believe it was one after he was expelled from school. And uh, and then uh, they had suggested it at the school that there was a woman in Swift Current that uh, had taken in children that were having difficult times at home and and going to the comp there in Swift Current. So that's what we did. We went and met with the lady where they would be staying and there were others there. But it didn't last very long. Um, you know, and like I said, it, it's hard to get all the timelines straight as to you know what happened then I think I believe he came back home then yeah just just a lot but even just talking to you uh, this week that I've been here it even just occurred to me is just okay so he was told to leave and then now now they're shipping me off again mm -hmm. um, how it would have felt for him right mm -hmm. um, and I yeah. understand that too because that's as you know something that James and I have talked and I've talked to you about it is hey we can't deal with this we don't know what else to do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you have those thoughts of okay well maybe somebody else can mm -hmm. do this better right. so I get it like I like I, honestly I, I'm like <laughs> I get it to my core right mm -hmm. but then I also understand and understand what you mean too what that could have done for him mm -hmm. in in his um, feeling rejected right. maybe right, right. Mm -hmm. so yeah. it's a hard hard decision to make um, but then it didn't it ended up not being what he needed mm -hmm. because then some stuff started happening mm -hmm. there while he was there he committed his first big mm -hmm. crime yeah like a assault yeah. And like I wrote in the book, that was, up until that point, that was, I didn't view my brother as a criminal, but it was like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. At that point, it was a shock. It was a huge shock. Mm -hmm. At this point, he had already, um, the thing at the farm happened between him and I. Mm -hmm. So I yes. was already scared of him. 
And you talk about that, Tiffany. Like, I, I should have talked. I didn't realize it happened until years and years later. Yeah. But it just, like you said, it all connected, right? It, it all connected, yeah. long after it happened to him, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't talk about it a lot in the book, but but just how scared I was. Mm-hmm. But he's 18 months older than me, so he wasn't a lot bigger than me or yeah. older than... No, we were about the same size. Mm-hmm. Um but it was in the rage right. that he turned into a different person mm-hmm. completely. Right. And we know we saw that over the years as he got older, the extremeness mm-hmm. of his outbursts, right? Mm-hmm. Like it would be calm and then not. Right. And that was the first uh, episode for me where he switched mm-hmm. on a dime. And it was extreme. So that was the first time I ever felt scared of my brother. And then when he moved away and he did the assault, Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, okay, I don't even want to be around him. If he's going to beat me up and then this little old lady, what the heck? Well, uh, the thing we have to remember, he was only 14. He was 14, yeah. And then it started, that kind of stuff started after the, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he, that's why those kind of things are so not so good is because they learn those. That's how they were dealt with. So that's, mm-hmm. and then it just keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. And well, that's how he was handled with anger Mm -hmm. and so if he was angry he wanted to do the same thing yeah or just thought that that's the way you deal Mm -hmm. with it right yep um and it isn't the way you deal with it no i mean you can get angry but you don't you don't do that beating that physical Mm -hmm. there's a big difference between discipline effective discipline and and beatings Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely but like i say in my book too words are just as powerful as Mm -hmm. fists and i think it was the combination of the two in his dad's situation Mm -hmm. and his grandpa Mm -hmm. where it was physical and it was the words Mm -hmm. that are were so destructive for his foundation and his feeling safe and feeling loved Mm -hmm. so it you yeah got to be aware of both of those things Mm -hmm. And so when that happened with that lady and you took us to go see him for the first time, what was that like for you as a mom? Well, it was very hard because he was in Wuxia at the detention center there. And and obviously we were happy he was going to be getting some help there too. And I'm not quite sure of what all the programming was then, but I mean, that he didn't have a choice anyway Mm -hmm. that's where he had to go Mm -hmm. and it was hard because he was 14 Mm -hmm. and he should be at home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with us and um hard leaving him there Mm -hmm. for sure and it was so it was hard for you as a mom and i'm sure for dad too obviously But for me, as a sister, yes, it was hard, him not being there, but I was more angry. Mm-hmm. As I wrote about in the book, I was embarrassed. I was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm going to prove I'm not like you. It was a switch, right? It was, you're going to make me cry. It was like, you're my best buddy. Mm-hmm. And now I don't want anything to do with you. Right. So that's for him that was another reject like for all of us like because and, and I mean I'm say, not saying that I because I thought about the little old lady and I thought I don't know why this is happening I felt that something needed to be done or, and uh, when you start involving the law they make the decisions on what's going to be done right? yeah you don't um, have a choice anymore you know so just there's just something wrong there's just something not right and just trying to f- understand and figure it out and see what what else could be done but once they were involved yeah um yeah it's interesting at a certain point your hands are tied oh yeah you don't have a choice anymore when laws are being broken Mm -hmm. yeah and that's even harder as a parent that 
at a certain point in your parenting, you're able to control and do some things Mm -hmm. with them. And then when they start breaking laws, it's, yeah, it's out of your hands. That's right. And it's not like we would portray the same, we would portray the same thing to Corey as like, um, these are things you have to face, like hard things at 14, but when you break a law, there's consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And they have to be there Mm -hmm. for people's safety, and that's the path he was going down. Mm -hmm. And and of course, with the addictions, because there were obviously with alcohol anyway, and Mm -hmm. at that time, and like big time, or even just sniffing the gas, or he was obviously trying to numb the pain. He had started using pot too around then, right? Yeah. Then it just becomes a vicious cycle that you just go in a circle, right? So did the did the addictions come from trying to numb the pain from the trauma? Did it come from what he's seen as a as a child all the time? The alcohol was always around mm-hmm. and it was being used by us all. Was it that the addictions led to the bipolar when did that come into play Mm -hmm. and because rage comes out of bipolar Mm -hmm. uh, the things that he was doing could have been coming from the bipolar could have been coming from the trauma could have been coming from the mental health so Mm -hmm. then it's yeah it's just a circle and that's it just kept the wheel just kept going around and around Mm -hmm. after that so and it kept going and going in my high school days, I don't recall him being around much. Mm-mm. He was in and out of the house a lot, and I never knew really where he was or why he was gone. And But like I said in the book, I didn't really care. Right. And that, that we could have done more just to keep you. And I mean, Denise was younger, but mm-hmm. still, it, she... As a family, you need to know those things. Mm-hmm. Where's my brother? What's going on? Right? Mm-hmm. And we, we dropped the ball there. We never... I don't think you dropped the ball. I think it was trying to protect us from being sad and stuff. But I honestly didn't care right. at that time right. because of how I felt about him. Mm-hmm. I was too preoccupied with showing you guys I'm not going to be like him. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be the overachiever and be on the honor roll. And, and you were, yeah. But it was just to prove a point. So yeah. I don't know if I would have gone that direction if this hadn't happened. That's right. another what if. Yeah, and there is an addiction. So those come through many therapy sessions that I, uh, like I said, that was my lifesavers. Then was therapy and learning all those things. Is that's what that's what happens in dysfunctional families and addictions is that just even alcohol it's a it's an addiction so there's an overachiever there's Mm -hmm. one that goes and hides Mm -hmm. um and that would be you were the overachiever denise was the hider Mm -hmm. or the runner she just said she was very young so it what was going on scared her and Mm -hmm. what's happening and Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's, I've been talking with a few people since my book came out, and it's true. The trajectories are different mm-hmm. in homes with alcohol or addictions and, and trauma. Right. And it, I'm trying to figure out what that, what that cue is or what that switch is, where it's like some, it, it's completely different. Right. You're going to go this way and you're going to go this way. Right. And it's all within one family unit. And it's so interesting. It is, and I, maybe it's just the different personalities that people have, or how mm-hmm. they how they deal with, you know, mm-hmm. their personality or their makeup of how they're going to deal with it, or how they can deal with it and mm-hmm. find their comfort zone, right? So mm-hmm. and that's the way it goes. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Mr. Corey, well, you know, like you're saying, uh, as a mom, anyway, uh, missed him. Mm-hmm. He needs to be here with us right mm-hmm. we're a family and family do things together yeah you can't separate like i heard a few times is it's his problem it's mm-hmm. not our problem mm-hmm. no problem. it's no, our it's problem because mm-hmm. we're, we're a family. family well we just talked about this last night when we were talking about doing this episode together and and it's interesting that with denise and i 
there was a clean sort of cutoff, right? Where we flew the coop, mm-hmm. where we graduated mm-hmm. and we did the traditional, we graduated high school, now it's time to move on and mm-hmm. and be an adult. Yeah. Yeah, but with okay. him, there wasn't really that transition period no. because it was so all over the place. Like mm-hmm. he was in, he was out, he was in, out, in, out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's got to be a difficult thing to deal with too as a parent. Yeah, you know, because he went to jail and uh, spent a fair amount of time in jail. And even just that, with that, he wasn't learning what you'd said yesterday at age 14 or when he those young ages you haven't really those are your prime years for learning all that stuff Mm. you know how to move on with your life and Mm. and um and he wasn't he didn't Mm. like or just even a big part of Corey's life was money management and of course not learning that in those years is um being in the prison system, it's like the barter system mm-hmm. or the this is how you do it kind of thing. Or you got to be tough and you got to be so that just it just compounded everything. Right. Compounded like even the the physical abuse mm-hmm. or the physical part mm-hmm. of it, right? Or yeah, or verbal or yeah, so, how they talk to each other right. and uh, yeah, for sure his money skills were atrocious. Um, and I don't blame him, them for being like that. No. He mm-hmm. never learned, ever, no. how to deal with money. Right. Because he was in the prison system, even mm-hmm. if it was remand or juvie, right. from the time he was 14 right. until 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. At least 30. Yeah. In and out, anyway. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> I didn't put this part in the book. It was originally in the book, but I pulled it out. But... I, uh, at one point, because I'm an accountant, I (laughs) offered to do his budgeting for him. Well, how long did that last, ma'am? Not long. (laughs) Well, I don't think he even got a paycheck. No, it was, I recall it very clearly. I gave him the choice of smokes or his pro-line picks. And he told me to beat it. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like that. (laughs) ad we just see on tv now with the dog and the man and like yeah you know with the credit score thing yeah where he said to the dog like oh i guess i gotta take your your treats away or your ball or whatever yeah, yeah. Like, mm, no no <laughs> okay we'll figure something out <laughs> he was not having it he actually said you're fired that's right. I think I read that in the in the email yeah. or whatever. Yeah, you're fired. I'm like, oh, well, that didn't last long. I didn't even start. I didn't even start. Come on, give me a chance. Yeah, no, he was not having it. So no. he definitely struggled with finances and and just all of that. But what we talked about last night too is there's I think different not levels of addiction, but different situations Mm -hmm. with addiction because there's some addicts that are swimming in money Mm -hmm. and can afford their addiction and and then there's poverty addiction. And I don't know if at the higher, like when you have money and you have addictions, if it's, I don't know, because he wasn't in that situation Mm -hmm. and I've never been in that situation, so I can't speak on it, right? But Mm -hmm. He was in the poverty addiction yes. category. And when you're in the poverty addiction category, there's desperation. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Desperation and desperation for everything because you're addicted. And, mm-hmm. and when you're addicted, you're addicted. That's what you're going to, even the cigarettes, mm-hmm. you have to try and fit those in, even if it's cutting back or whatever, because it's just going to be it's not going to happen like you found out when eventually if they quit it's a good thing but uh, you know they had told me that even in a therapy session is that they when they're trying to figure things out for for addicts is that they they portion a certain amount of money for it Mm -hmm. and that's not that they cut it right off it's Mm -hmm. that they're only allowed so much Mm -hmm. because the rest has to go to rent and 
he didn't, Alex don't like that because then they can't get as much as they want mm -hmm. that they need, mm -hmm. which they need a lot mm -hmm. when they're into the heavy drugs. They need a lot. So, yeah. yeah. And then everything else suffers, right? The food, the rent, the everything, everything. and it just falls apart and, mm -hmm. and it's a constant struggle. Grind. Constant grind. Constant grind. And try and then when you put the three kids into the picture mm. it came it became even more but I have to say that and I've said it many many times is that the kids weren't the kids aren't stupid mm -hmm. they know what's going on but can't but Corey never let his kids see that he had everything locked up mm -hmm. um, he he had a clean safe home mm -hmm. other than that um, you know, and he always, he always did have food, but he would have to rely on the food bank mm -hmm. and that type of thing just mm -hmm. for, you know, but I have to say though, that Corey, when he went on to the programs, the methadone program, and that's when he found out he was going to be a dad mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he just said, I have to do something. And he did, he, he struggled, mm -hmm. he, he fought it. Mm -hmm. He drove our truck in our business. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good. He's a good class one truck driver Amazing for driver, us. Amazing driver, yeah. Um, during those times, mm -hmm. a good dad, and we could see he was he was battling it. Mm -hmm. um, then the methadone program was not as good as the Suboxone because they could you could um, abuse it more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then he went on to the Suboxone program. And he functioned so well in that last mm -hmm. four years, three, four years with yeah. it. Yeah, he did. Until COVID. Until COVID, yeah. yeah. And I kept, you know, I kept thinking of that through COVID, is it? Because you'd hear about the suicides and the overdoses and because it wasn't helping anything. And I kept thinking, is this... But that, I mean, that was my, as a, as a mom, that was, um, the fear his whole life really, well, up and when he started having issues is that we were going to lose him to suicide or to mm -hmm. an overdose because he had tried a few times, mm -hmm. even when he was 14. So that's yeah. always in a mom's and dad's mind. Yeah. That... And then when the mental illness came into play and we knew it was bipolar and yeah. he tried treating it, but he just... It was always really hard for him. He just stuck to the self-medicating, right? Mm -hmm. And and then uh, lots of times the self-medicating can come just from alcohol or pot, but then it goes into more and it did. And mm -hmm. So where... Let's talk about enabling... I talk about it a lot in my book is there was a certain not a certain point but there was quite a bit of time where dad and I and Denise probably too uh, where we were just like stop doing this for him stop enabling him he needs to figure this out right. um, yeah, for sure. and when you don't know what's behind it all honestly it was that all those years I was just like stop being so selfish what are you doing now knowing what I know about trauma and everything but then I was just like you're being selfish and you're gonna drag mom down the loony bin so what what's your thoughts on how you didn't or did enable him over the years well, I knew that I could never not have Corey in my life, no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, you would never easy. see him on the street, ever? Never, no. Yeah. Or, uh, like you've said, love him through it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping that that would be enough, but yeah. in addictions, it's not enough. And I would just encourage him to keep reaching out for I mean and there's only so much I can do right I would encourage him to keep reaching out for therapy 
medications and I'd always use myself as an example because I suffer from major depression mm-hmm. and I fought it for a lot of years mm-hmm. and they had told me many years prior that I should be treating it mm-hmm. and I, I had overcome alcohol addiction and smoking and I just didn't want to have to rely on anything else so I, re- I could do it on my own and and I got to a point where I couldn't do mm-hmm. it on my own. I got so low mm-hmm. that I couldn't. So and and in doing that, I've never looked back since because it's it's what's kept you here. Kept me here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'm proud of you for working so hard on it. Well, thank you, Tiffany. I, I had reason to work on it. Yeah. Three children. Yeah. Myself. Uh, our family, yeah, my husband. So I would just talk to him. We go for coffee lots and uh, to his place, or and I, I mean, you don't. For a while, I was always doing that. It's almost like you're preaching to them, and I and or not preaching, but just you should do this, you should do that. Kind of pre- oh yeah, let's preaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then it's just you know because it's helped me a lot and you gotta just give it a good try and the therapy like especially even if you don't want medications Mm -hmm. just go to the therapy Mm because that was a lifesaver Mm -hmm. but to no avail right I mean I can't say he never did it but he He didn't do it often or he was not as open to the therapy route as you and I no no yeah and I think that's a lot of dad just keep it close to your chest, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, but then it got to the point where it was just like, okay, in it, let's just talk. Let's just go for coffee. Let's mm-hmm. just talk about how you're doing and mm-hmm. talk about things in our lives and good things, not just all about what you should be doing mm-hmm. and not doing. And and that's the way it was for the last few, few years, mm-hmm. and it was so happy that I did that yeah you you switched from like you said you should be doing Corey do this do this why aren't you doing this 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 try this 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 to how are you how are you and talk to to let him talk yeah just just listen just listen but sometimes I just hold space listen and show that's what I said in my last podcast or one before is just let them feel Mm -hmm your love for them in how you look at them yeah in how you listen Mm -hmm. it's the energy that you give off yes that they know that you love them yeah and and not all like even when they're younger when they're little because you know it might not be significant for us Mm -hmm. but something for them is huge yeah. right my favorite phrase was oh don't be so silly yeah don't be so silly yeah and some of those things were probably very important things that I needed to hear yeah yeah that's a really good point and I know my little ones not little anymore they're teaching me these lessons every day but I've learned so much from your parenting experience with Corey and stuff as I've said many times I'm learning how to now deal with the after oh, I know yeah and and I'm just so proud of you Tiffany you teach me so much and that's why I listen to your podcast like I said I don't get it why us as a family wouldn't be listening to them when mm-hmm. we need this help right mm-hmm. or reading your book because mm-hmm. that's what's going to help us all heal mm-hmm. um you mm-hmm Oh, it was huge healing for me. Because I am not going to lose another child to anything Mm -hmm. if I can help it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, there's many times where I, as I wrote in the book, that I didn't want to be here. But I also know that I want to be here for my kids. I want to be here for my family. So the answer isn't just to check out. Check out. No even though I know the depths of that pain and wanting to be there, mm-hmm. that there is an option on the other side. There is an option on the other side. And and I have to say that, um, like you talk about anticipatory, anticipatory grief. grief, yeah. Oh, that was going on for Corey's whole, whole life from 14 on, that it was there, right? Mm-hmm. And such... 
I can't, I can't deal with that. So I have to try and keep him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have to say, I would have him back in an instant, addictions and all. All of it. But he, you, you as the mom want him back because of your heart and because of your needs right Mm -hmm. but the pain that he was in i know and the suffering that he was dealing with yeah i understand you wanting him back because i would want my own child back but i wouldn't want to see him suffering like that anymore no no, i don't and and that's how i get through those painful moments Mm -hmm. is that for one is that I have so many things so many people and things to be grateful for here Mm -hmm. and to try and get through with to be here for like you said for you and Denise and all the grandkids and Mm -hmm. and dad and and James and Scott and Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. and my brothers and sisters and we are very there's so much to be grateful for right? mm-hmm. and to live for. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. And our faith that we will see him again. Yes, and mm-hmm. so happy that Corey is, and that's what gets me through to the painful times, is that he's up there dancing in the rain or the clouds or mm-hmm. whatever he wants to dance in. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about... The dancing in the rain moment. <laughs> yeah. Let's end this on something so beautiful. so beautiful. So beautiful. So, for those who haven't heard my podcast or read my book, there was a moment three months before he passed away. He had an overdose scare, a big overdose scare. You had gone over to his apartment mm-hmm. and he wasn't breathing well you sent me a video and I said get him to the hospital Mm -hmm. we you took him in I drove down it's about a three-hour drive and when I got there um he was you were just coming out of the hospital with him they had given him naloxone but you have to keep an eye on them because it wears off Mm -hmm. and you you have to administer more if needed right Mm -hmm. so we took him back to your house can I just Mm -hmm. sorry Tiffany before you got there and I'd taken him out to have a smoke so I took him out in a wheelchair yeah and uh you had texted dad to have you no, know I didn't text him I phoned him oh you phoned him I said go to the hospital mm-hmm. yeah that's right he <laughs> yeah. did and he did he came yeah and so Corey was just sitting in the wheelchair out on the by the the street and dad pulled up in the bug and it Corey just he said I think that's my dad mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah. And it was. So yeah. then he and Ken came over and he was standing like right in front of the wheelchair with Corey in it. And Corey, you could see he was trying to get up right away. He was yeah. having a hard time, but yeah. he was trying to get up. And Dad said, oh, no, just, just stay seated. Mm-hmm. Corey said, oh, no, I need to hug my dad. Yeah. So that happened a few times in the last three months. Yeah. Where he... He just wanted to hug his dad, and he did. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt, oh, Tiffany. Oh, no, of course. Um, he loved his dad so much. So much, yeah. So, yeah, so we brought him back to your house, and I was sitting out on the back deck with him, and he was struggling really hard to smoke and stay awake um and I took pictures and videos of it just because <laughs> sorry I think deep down I wanted to remember how bad it was mm-hmm. yeah because we didn't because we, we didn't know about it also. yeah and just to like okay so a classic fentanyl sign is the slouched back Mm -hmm. and I think we were we knew he was heavy into fentanyl but not like really knew at that point definitely oxy still but not like heavy fentanyl at that point yeah um 
but uh, yeah, we were sitting out there and then for some reason we moved to the front mm-hmm. of your house mm-hmm. and it wasn't it was cloudy but not even really cloudy it was weird yeah but it was so hot for the last month or so or longer yeah. a drought yeah. and no rain Mm-mm. it was dry as dry and then but no real rain clouds and then it just started pouring mm-hmm. pouring pouring clouds opened up and just yeah and he got up and um, I started videoing him. Yeah. Because I was like, what is he up to? <laughs> and he's like, come on, Tiff, let's go dance in the rain like when we were kids. Yeah. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I had just busted my knee yeah. a few days prior to that. I couldn't hardly walk. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. And... But I, I've told you this, I've said it in my book a million times. I heard a clear voice from God say, go and dance in the rain with your brother. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And I said no to God. And I still <laughs> believe I said no to God. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not going. And then I heard it. It was like, go and dance in the rain with your brother. I'm like, okay, so here I go. <laughs> and what's amazing, because you use your phone more now than right. ever, but you weren't a huge picture video taker. No. Mm-mm. And you grabbed your phone. Yeah. And you've told me that you also had a knowing. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? <sighs> if you can. Yeah. So, I just, so beautiful that Corey wanted to get up and dance in the rain in the shape that he was in Mm -hmm. and with his sister. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just had a feeling I need to videotape this Mm because I think this is one of, going to be one of of our lost memories, Mm -hmm. good memories of him. Yeah. And even as rough a shape as he was in, he still got up and danced in the rain yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. And if Denise would have been there, she, she would have been, been there, there too. Yeah, dancing with you too. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm. I wish she was there with us so many times. She did Facetime us from camping mm-hmm. when we were sitting before mm-hmm. it started raining, yes. and so yeah. we did have. He did have a chance to talk to her then, and yeah, yeah. But it was, it was just the fact that he, in the lowest of low moments, mm-hmm. he chose joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he didn't just choose to experience joy alone. No. He asked me to go with exactly. him. Exactly. And yeah. it was just so cool. Yeah. And you were both out there just dancing away. Dancing and... Yeah, and then we went across the street and laid on the grass and I know. um beautiful, beautiful. I took a picture of that. Too. Yeah. You videotaped it. That yeah. one was so cool. That like, was so was funny. Like, such good memories. So. Yeah. Of him. <laughs> your phone uh, it's gonna get wet here. I hope your wa- I hope your phone is waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> and then his giggle. Yeah, his giggle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was such a yeah, I, I'm in awe of this story myself, mm-hmm. and we're part of it. I know, I know. Yeah, just very grateful for you, Tiffany, for doing this and for what you're doing through your book and through your podcasts and that you're going to help so many people. Yeah. Well, you are too, and that's where I have to keep reminding my guests is it's not just me they're coming to listen to it's you it's all of the other people that I have on my podcast mm-hmm. because all of our stories matter mm-hmm. and I wrote this book but your perspective on it is huge as well so is dad's so is Denise's mm-hmm. so is Corey's um, and that's why I wanted to have you on today so that people could actually hear your perspective on it and that 
there is no intent on hurting anybody in the writing of a book like this. Mm -mm. It's just to highlight things that happen that can impact other people in a family. Oh, definitely. And and it does. Like, a family is a family, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I know it, it'll be... It's impacted us already. Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, healing. There's been lots of healing, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, you know, it might take others longer to, to realize that. Mm-hmm. But in it all, your whole goal is to stop that... Uh, trauma and that dysfunction in future generations are mm-hmm. just going to keep following and mm-hmm. and we don't want that we don't want that for your children our grandchildren their children mm-hmm. um, anybody. anybody anybody but the thing is too is it's as sad as it is traumas are going to happen mm-hmm. things are going to be said or mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. it's what you do after that happens and can you explain what needs to happen for that? Uh... It's being vulnerable. Right. And it's being okay with being vulnerable that something was said or done that could have hurt somebody. And that there's shame in it, absolutely. And I talk about that in my book, too, of some situations that's hap- that have happened with my kids. And it's... Yeah, you could just, you said something, you yelled at them, you said something that would really hurt them. And it's easier to walk away and just ignore it and just pretend that it wasn't said or done. But it takes a lot more courage and vulnerability to just say, okay, let's talk. I was in this state of mind when that happened. Or when you said this, it made me feel this. And that's why I got to that point. I am sorry. I saw how it made you feel. And there is so much power in that. In just being vulnerable. And being okay saying I was wrong. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those two words, I'm sorry, make a big difference. And that's all my brother wanted that and just to feel the love in my dad's eyes for him Mm -hmm. and that's yeah anyway i end every episode as you know because you listen to every single one (laughs) with something that you are grateful for so i'm gonna let you start what are you grateful for today Mama. Well, I'm grateful for you, Tiffany, and your podcast and your book, and for you being vulnerable to be able to get us on this right path to healing, right? And I'm grateful for my family, for you, for Ken, for your dad, for Corey, for you, for Denise, and all of our family, grandkids, uh, immediate family, not immediate. Um, But you know what? I'm so grateful. I'm not grateful that Corey's not here. Um, But he started, it it probably took Corey, what Corey had to go through in his life to get us to this point of wanting to change it mm-hmm. he was the catalyst because we this has been very difficult for all of us mm-hmm. and like I said even as hard as it was when he, he was here dealing with like I said I'd have him back here in a minute mm-hmm. yeah. I still keep loving him love him through it and yeah. never give up never give up Yeah. Never give up. Yeah. Love them through it. So I am grateful for you, obviously, being vulnerable and pushing past the fear of wanting to be on 
this podcast today. You were nervous, but I know how important your messages and your words are going to be to people that are listening from a mom's perspective that has dealt with having a child with an addiction and then losing a child to addictions. So I'm just grateful that you you showed that strength. It's amazing. To conclude this episode, I'm going to read the acknowledgement in my book that I wrote to my mom because it says it all and because my mom will listen to this episode like she does with all of my shows. I know that she'll hear me. Dear mom, you are the strongest person I know. Your devotion to your family is unparalleled. You would literally die for us. But mom, it's time for you to live for your family with the years that you have left here on earth. You have taken care of us and put us in front of your own needs for our whole lives. It's your time now. Corey loves you so very much, and the words you spoke to him that you regret need to be released. He knows you didn't mean them, and you were just incredibly scared of what could and did happen, a parent's worst nightmare. Please know I hold no anger toward you for being so strict with me all of those years. I know you know this because we've talked about it so much. I truly am grateful to have you as my best friend. Thank you for supporting me in all my endeavors, but especially the past few years, you've been there for me in my mental health struggles, marriage struggles, helping with our kids, cheering me on with this podcast, Corey passing away, and of course, writing this book. Your support has never wavered, even when you knew the hard truths that were going to be told. You want the cycle of generational trauma to end for others as much as I do, and for no more sweeping things under the rug. If our story, Corey's story, can help another family, then our heartbreak and loss will have some meaning. Thank you for using your voice that early morning while camping. Thank you for handing me the missing puzzle piece. I love you, Mama, with all my heart and soul. If you are interested in learning more about my book and want to grab a copy, head to tiffcarson.com forward slash links and click on get my book. If you are one of the people who have already purchased my book and read it, first of all, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And second, I would be so honored if you would leave a review on Amazon because reviews are what help things like this podcast and books get seen and heard by many more people. So please consider leaving a review. I would be very appreciative. This week, I start recording the audio version of my book. So if you like listening to books instead of reading, soon you will have this option as well. I just have to get through reading it without ugly crying the whole way through. So wish me luck. If you are interested in sharing your story, because it matters, I would love to talk to you. Head to my website and complete the application on the podcast page. Well, that's it for today, friends. Until next week, please be kind and stay well. Bye-bye.